You're listening to the Eyes on Washington podcast, Holland and Knight's overarching public policy and regulation podcast series. Our public policy and regulation group has an ideal combination of lawyers and lobbyists with a comprehensive understanding of the federal policy and regulatory process. This series will shine a light on the shifting dynamics of governmental entities and the ensuing changes in economic or political policies, laws, and regulations that can have a critical impact on the health and future of your business. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Eyes on Washington at Holland and Knight. And I'm Lauren Maddox and here with one of my favorite colleagues, Shauna Watley. And we're going to talk education. Hey, Shauna. Hey, Lauren. So good to see you. Excited about um, what we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) Yeah, terrific. So I'm going to cover the Republicans and uh, you'll cover the Democrats. And uh, so why don't I just kick it off? Of course, uh, midterm elections. I think probably the biggest shift, of course, is the House will be uh, run by the Republicans. It'll be a slight margin, but they'll have control. And the question is, what happens on the Education and Labor Committee? Who's going to run it? What are going to be the kind of key agenda items? And uh, so let me just start with who's going to head up the committee. So I guess that's still an open question. So the current top Republican who's served as ranking member the last couple of years has been Virginia Fox from North Carolina. And um, because Republicans term limit their top Republican posts on every committee, uh, she's reached her limit and she is seeking a waiver. Whether or not she gets that waiver is still a question. But regardless, I think she'll continue to be a force on the committee. In particular, she's raised a lot of concerns about how the Department of Education is implementing some of the programs uh, that Congress has passed in prior Higher Education Act reauthorizations, for example, public service loan forgiveness. And also just a lot of the student loan borrower relief. I think she's had a lot of questions for the department and she'll have a new platform or whoever the top Republican will have a platform to uh, sort of raise questions with senior officials at the department and ask for, you know, further explanations about their priorities and that sort of thing. So another big area they're going to focus on, of course, is oversight. That has not been a huge part of the agenda um, because, you know, it's the Democratic controlled Congress and the Democratic administration. So, um, but they'll kick up the volume on oversight uh, for sure. And so you'll see a lot more of that. In terms of big reauthorization bills, I think they've talked about Higher Education Act being reauthorized. It hasn't been reauthorized since 2008. It was eligible in 2013, but there really isn't huge demand for it at at the moment. Both the Democrats and the Republicans have tried in the past to reauthorize and they have not been successful. I think an area where there could be bipartisan support is with the WIOA Act, so the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. I think there's you know, sort of bipartisan support and talking to some of the Republicans. I think there's some sense they'd like to sort of marry those two bills in some respects in the sense of that that they should be more aligned and not really marry them into one bill, but just be more aligned in terms of, of sort of uh, where they hope to go. So we'll see a little bit of focus on that. So that would be the House. And then the Senate, I'll just say there's going to be a new chair and ranking member on the Senate uh, Help Committee. Um, on the Republican side, it is most likely going to be Senator Bill Cassidy, a physician from Louisiana, who will be the top Republican. Um, in terms of education, a big priority of his has always been 
a focus on dyslexia. And so I think he has talked about releasing sort of a more robust agenda. And so we'll know more about that. Also, of course, being a physician, healthcare is a big issue for him. And he's very focused on sort of the um, the details of health policy. And I think Senator Bernie Sanders then I think is likely to take um, the helm there. And I'll, But I'll let you talk about sort of his agenda and that sort of thing on education. But let me just stop there and Shauna, just turn it over to you. Well, thanks, Lauren. Um, as Lauren stated, the Senate and the, and the House is split. Um, and so the, the Democrats will maintain control of the Senate and the Republicans will have control of the House. So um, passing in le- any legislation may be challenging, but there's you know a chance that they might be able to get something through. As Lauren stated, there's going to be new leadership. And so that means on the Democratic side, Congressman Scott, who has been the chair, who is currently the chair of the Education Committee could potentially still be the chair, but the Democrats, what we're hearing on the street is that they're actually mulling over maybe term limits for chairmanship. So we'll see what comes out of that with the new leadership. So it's an exciting time to be in Washington. um, And we'll certainly be busy um, getting to know all the new leadership and the new staff. But, um, you know, as far as higher education uh, priorities on the Democratic side, as we all know, um, the Democrats have championed student loan reform, doubling the uh, maximum Pell Grants, and are likely to continue to push those policies. Um, Now, we'll see how they'll be able to work with Republicans on those issues. But if the previous, if the 117th Congress um, has any um, indication of what the um, agenda will be, then we'll be looking at co-grant increases, again, we'll be looking at student loan reform again, um, because those have been at the top of the list for most Democrats um, in the House and the Senate. Lauren stated that Senator Bernie Sanders will most likely be the new chair in the Senate. And as we know, he has been a huge proponent of free college tuition, free community college. So we'll see how he moves forward and pushing his agenda and some of the policies and um, bills that he has been a huge champion for Um, over the last two years. And the Biden administration will continue to carry out its student loan forgiveness program. Some advocates are pushing the administration to extend the pause on the student loan repayment. So we'll see um, how that goes. And then, you know, Representative Bobby Scott, he also had um, introduced in September the Lowering Obstacles to Achievement Now Act, which stands for Loan Act. The Loan Act would double the federal Pell Grant by increasing the maximum award for a five-year period to 13,000. And then also Representative Rosa DeLauro, Chairwoman of the House Committee on Appropriations, she had introduced the Affordable Loans for Any Student Act. So these are just some of the pieces of legislation that we will probably see reintroduced in the 118th and gives us uh, an indication of what um, the agenda will be moving forward on the Democratic side. And there, you know, of course, there were multiple bills that talked about maximum Pell Grant award. And also um, there was the Pell Grant Sustainability Act. And then the legislation that that currently includes the Degrees Not Debt Act of 2022. So I I can't foresee that there will be any changes there as far as priorities. One of the other things that I wanted to highlight, and, and Lauren, I'm sure you've been following this as well, because it was such a huge when on both sides of the aisle, the the CHIPS Act, and there were so many provisions related to higher education um, in that piece of legislation. And I'm certain 
that will be a part of the, the Biden administration and members in the House and in the Senate making sure that that piece of legislation is funded at the ultimate levels. And so I'm excited to see that there were so many um, folks on both sides of the aisle that really supported that legislation. And then um, there was a letter that just went out from Senator Cantwell, and it was a bipartisan letter um, encouraging the um, appropriators to fund fully fund the CHIPS Act. And so hopefully we will see some of our higher education institutions that we work with that can benefit from, you know, just for instance, the National Science Foundation, Directorate for Technology, Innovation, and Partnership Program, and then as well as the National Science Foundation research and workforce development efforts. There's just so many opportunities for higher education within just that piece of legislation that everyone should be able to take uh, full advantage of. And so I wanted to highlight that because that will be, it should be a priority for higher education institutions in the 118th. The only other thing, Lauren, that I wanted to also um, include in our little update here is for HBCUs. Um, you know, as we both know, they're historically underfunded. They've had years of maintenance issues and not being able to build to capacity. And so Congresswoman Adams, who is the chair of the HBCU caucus, who has worked so hard on behalf of HBCUs over the last two years, is making some progress on a bipartisan in a bipartisan way. As you know, that caucus is bipartisan. And um, the Democrats and Republicans have come together and the Tri-Caucus have come together to see if they can get um, some of those um, primary provisions in the IGNITE Act included in the omnibus. So we're going to be following that very closely because if that does happen, there will be uh, another stream of, of funds available, grant opportunities for HBCUs to um, deal with maintenance, to build out stronger research facilities and also dorms and student activity centers. So we're excited about that and we will follow that closely. I mean, you you mentioned funding and of course, you know, the current continuing resolution that's been keeping the government open and operating expires on December 16th. So I'm sure December is going to be a busy, busy month here in Washington as, you know, the, the House and Senate really look at funding levels and and where to put dollars in the fiscal year 23 budget. So, and then of course the new budget cycle begins shortly thereafter. And so um, again, that's sort of appropriations has been an area of, you know, bipartisan support uh, largely. So we're, we're hopeful, but they have a lot of work to do before they can get that done. Uh, I think in, in December, we'll see if they kick the can into the new year, uh, but hopefully they'll, they'll resolve their issues in the next couple of weeks. What do you think about that? Sean, well, do you think I, they'll get it done before the holidays? I do. I really, I'm very positive that they're going to get this done. I think, you know, with Senator Shelby, who has been a, a champion and uh, the ranking in the Senate on, on appropriations, and then Senator Leahy, who is the chairman of uh, Senate Appropriations. I think they worked really well together. I think they both would like to see their final bills passed as they will be leaving the Congress. And so um, I'm I'm hopeful that we'll be able to see finalization of the omnibus bill um, before the new Congress, because as you know, if they don't get it done, we've also worked really hard to help, you know, our clients get, you know, community funded projects included in the omnibus bills, um, appropriations bills. So, and if that doesn't happen, then we lose all of those projects. We'll have to start from, from scratch in the 118th. So I think there's a lot of interest on both sides to make sure that we get this funded 
Um, and then also includes, you know, all the other prior priorities that the, the Congress would like to get done before the new Congress. Yeah. And of course, as you know, in the 118th, or as you noted, you've got two retiring this year on the ranking member on Senate appropriations, and you're going to have two new members, of course, Senator Patty Murray, who has been at the helm of the Senate Education Committee, and then Susan Collins, who has also served uh, on the committee with her for a number of years. So I, I think hopefully that, uh, you know, bipartisanship that you just referenced between Senator Shelby and Leahy over the years will will continue on. And, you know, the education and labor departments, et cetera, HHS, you know, which is the bill that we typically watch for our programs then uh, will be funded and um, our clients uh, will be happy with the outcome there. So, yeah, um, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. And it's interesting as I've been, you know, talking to folks and just checking in on the Democratic side, you know, they haven't um, done anything recently with the um, Higher Education Reauthorization Act. And it wasn't really, it wasn't top of mind when, you know, when right. I was talking to folks. So it'll be interesting to see how that moves forward under the um, Republican leadership. Yeah. And then, of course, as you noted on the administration, we're watching, you know, the uh, sort of regulation advance. Um, in the higher ed space, and um, they they put out a couple of big packages before the November one sort of deadline, and they've got an uh, you know uh, additional regulation coming down the pike, including on gainful employment uh, early in the new year. So I, I think that will continue to be a focus, um, in particular of the higher ed team over at the Department of Education. So we're going to be watching that very closely as well. Absolutely, um, I think you know we'll definitely have our hands full. Um, higher education and education continues to be a top priority in both parties. So um, I'm just excited to see the, what kind of progress we can make together. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's it. But um, thanks so much, everyone, for joining us um, this afternoon on our Higher Education Update podcast. And we look forward to working with you all on the 118. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Eyes on Washington podcast, brought to you by Holland and Knight's Public Policy and Regulation Group. For more information on our Public Policy and Regulation Group, please visit hklaw.com slash PPR.